Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 460 and session number 142 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. I do it every single Friday. And guess what? I'm doing it again in 2018 because this is officially the first Ask Scott session of 2018. And I can't even believe that I'm saying 2018. Crazy that we are already into the new year and uh, we're planning and we're taking action and there's just a lot of things to be excited for in life and in business. So I'm super excited if you couldn't tell. You guys probably already know that I'm kind of high energy guy here, uh, but really pumped up here because it is the first of the year or you know the first part of the new year, depending on when you're listening to this. Now, if you're listening to this in July or August, well, then it's pretty exciting to be in July or August. It's always exciting just to be here and to be alive, right? I mean, we are living in such an amazing time. Uh, now, today, what I'm going to be talking about, just to kind of give you guys an overview, we're going to talk about handling damaged products. We're going to talk about advantages of an old Amazon account versus a new Amazon account, and then also a partner deal with, a, with an existing company and I'm going to give you my thoughts on that, all right? So that's what we're going to be talking about and going deep into. Before we do jump into that, I wanted to give you my thoughts, and you know, I have a lot of things that kind of tumble around in my brain every now and then, and right now, because it is the beginning of the year, I want you guys to really, really consider focus and taking action. Like, I want you guys to just always be thinking of that. Now, if you missed uh, the episode that I did for the first of the year for your goal setting and how to create your plan and all of that stuff... That's like your first assignment. I like to look at my podcast as a way to teach you and also give you action steps. That action step right now, if you have not done that, you need to do that, okay? There's nothing to buy there. There's, there's nothing to uh, uh, you know have to commit to other than going out there, finding a notepad and writing your stuff down and answering the questions that I lay out for you in episode four, uh, what is that? That's 458. All right, so episode 458, I'm looking at my notes, that's why I didn't know it off the top of my head, that's episode 458, so go listen to that if you have not done that, please, all right, because that one there will set you up for the year. Now, if you're listening to this in July or August, you can still do this. There's no reason to not just start and pretend that it's the start of the new year or the start of your journey that's what you want to do. You want to have those clear goals and uh, and you want to also know how to map all that stuff out. And it starts by asking the right questions. And I give you a framework to use in that episode. So that's episode 458. Definitely check that out. All right. Now, the show notes to this episode will be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 460. And everything we talk about will be there as well. All right. Now, before we do jump in, I wanted to give a little shout out to one of our TASers. And the reason why I like doing this as far as giving shout outs is just because I like to recognize you guys. I like to recognize you know you guys that are out there taking action, especially, and just also to show you guys that you know it starts by taking action and there are going to be ups and downs, but the people that stick with it are the ones that succeed. And that's in any business. That's in that's in fitness, that's in weight loss, that's in any of that stuff. The people that stick with something or focus on something and stay committed to something usually will succeed, okay? Now, it may, it may not be succeeding at that one thing, but it's going to bring them to the thing that they will succeed at. If, hopefully, that makes sense. But 
what I want to do here is I want to give a shout out to David Zaleski. All right. And he's got a little emoji saying feeling thankful with a little smiley face showing teeth, by the way, in that emoji. So what David writes here, and I'm not going to read the entire thing, and I may even do a whole podcast dedicated to just running through this entire post because that's what he did. Now, I will link this up in the show notes. You're probably going to want to go and read this. It's pretty awesome. And it's also a way for you to look at the entire process, but then also to understand that if you're out there and you're you're seeing all these big, massive screenshots and you're like, oh my gosh, like I want to be that, that person, uh, you can just see by what he's sharing here, which is a screenshot for like $500,000, that's over the course of two years, okay? So about 250 a year, but he's learned a huge amount by going through this process. And he says that. And I just want to kind of read the first part of this, but it's a pretty long post that he did inside of the TAS Facebook group, but I just wanted to kind of share with you like 500 grand, like a screenshot, you'd be like, whoa, that's awesome. That's over two years. And that's phenomenal. Like, I don't know any business that wouldn't want to say in the first two years, I was able to generate 500 grand. Now that doesn't mean he profited that, but he validated, he got through the process, he's building a business, he's learning a whole bunch. I mean, he gives a whole bunch of bullet points of what he's learned, and that just goes to show me that he understands that this is a learning process, and everything that he does, he's learning from. So I'll just read this real quick, and then we'll get into the questions, all right? So can't believe it's been exactly two years since I posted in the Amazing Seller Facebook group. Just wanted to thank Scott Volker and his amazing podcast. Thank you for that, David, uh, for getting me started back in April of 2015. I would never have gotten started if it wasn't for the Amazing Seller Podcast by making it so achievable. So thank you for that, Scott. Dozens of other successful sellers I know to this day got started, and thank you. Okay. And then he puts a link to a post that he did two years before, which I think is awesome to kind of see that he's kind of got a diary in a sense of his progress, right? And then what he's done here is he's went back and reflected on the entire journey. And the cool thing about it is you kind of get to go through that journey by reading this one post. So I would say definitely go over to the show notes to this episode, theamazingseller.com forward slash 460. I will link it up inside of the show notes and you can go to Facebook, give him a little love, let him know he's done an amazing job and uh, learn from it. Learn from what he's outlined here. He's outlined a whole bunch of bullet points, like I said, with all of the things that he would do differently, the things that he's learned that he would do more of, like all of that is in there. And I think this would just make a great podcast episode to go through those bullets, which I may end up doing. Uh, But again, I just wanted to give a shout out because I just seen this the other day. Uh, David, just want to say thank you for being a listener. Thank you for taking action and thank you for sharing your results. And that's what I want more of you to do. I want you to jump in Facebook in our TAS community and share. Or you can just send me your story, theamazingseller.com forward slash story, all right? And just send me your story, whether that's through an email or whether that's through the mail. I would love to hear your story. This helps me know that what we're doing here is making a difference. And when I get emails from people that send in their story, that fires me up to continue doing what I'm doing. So it kind of fuels me, but then also I could possibly share that story if you don't mind, and uh, we can inspire and motivate more people. All right. So that's really what we want to do here. So anyway, I'm going to move on here to the first question here in a second, but I just wanted to let you guys know, I appreciate all of you. And I just wanted to share David's accomplishment here and kind of share it with you to inspire you, but also to motivate you that this is all 
possible. And he says it in one of his bullet points. It's it's still so possible. It's it's growing the possibilities of what you can do. You just have to get out there and do it. So, all right, that's it. There's my motivation for you for this Friday. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's let's get into this. Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question, and I'll give you my answer. Let's do this. First question, 2018. Here we come. Hey, Scott, this is Rich. Uh, just wanted to tell you thank you for everything you're doing. I uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and I'm sure I'm speaking for all of us. I have a question for you. Uh, If my product is delivered damaged, how do I go about replacing that for the customer? Do I need to take and hold on to inventory at my home or my home office? Or is there a a way that I can do the product replacement through uh, Amazon uh, using the FBA? Um, I hope that... uh, question makes sense. I'm looking forward to your answer. Again, this is Rich from Michigan and uh, thank you. Hey Rich, thank you so much for the question. I want to point something out here. The very beginning, I could have cleaned up that audio, but you can hear it kind of like crackling. It kind of sounded like an old record and the reason why this is so fresh, I know this has nothing to do with the question, but uh, I thought I would leave it. I just... Uh, had a uh, a get together with some friends of mine and we did a whole vinyl night where we played vinyl and I forgot how awesome it is to just hear that crackling through the record. If you guys ever get a chance to just sit down for an evening and just spin some records and uh, I don't know, maybe if you guys are, are young and you don't know much about records, you should even just play along and have some fun with it. It's it's a pretty cool experience and it's things that we had as a kid and uh it's just fun to kind of go back in those times and listen to some of those some of those albums. Some like Foreigner, Def Leppard or we even did some Black Sabbath and uh what else did we do? Oh, we did some stuff for the girls too. We did Grease and uh we did uh oh what's another one there? Sean Cassidy. Remember all those? Like if you guys are from my era, I'm about well let's see I am 45. I'll be 46 next year. So it's kind of my era. But anyway, nothing to do with your question, Rich, but it did bring a little bit of that memory back. So I loved it. And uh, I know you didn't even intend for it, but hey, anyway. All right. So uh, let's, let's talk about this. So you have inventory that is damaged or someone emails you and says, Hey, uh, you know, Rich, uh, I uh, noticed that my item is broken and now I want a new one. I want a replacement. So They can contact Amazon, but it would be better for the most part if you just handle that, okay? Now, if they go directly to Amazon, you're not even going to know about it really uh, because then they would get a refund and they would have to just buy another one, but most of the time if this happens, they're asking for you to send it to them, right? So what you can do, there's two different things you can do. One, you can just create a fulfillment order. You already have the inventory in Amazon. And for those of you that don't know, if you were selling your product on eBay and you had a sale or any other channel for that matter, or even your own Shopify store, you can have all your inventory in Amazon and you can create a fulfillment order to send to those people. All you do is is create the work order or the work order, the the, uh, the, uh, fulfillment order. That's what I'm trying to say. And then from there, just plug in all their information and then it will be sent to those people. 
Now, you also have tools out there that can actually connect to a Shopify store. They can also connect through eBay, like all that stuff that's out there. What we're talking about is really you can have your inventory in one location. And in this case, that's what I think your best option is, is to really just have it reside in Amazon. If you have a problem, email those people immediately. And then from there, just say, hey, sorry. And uh, here's what I want to do. I want to send you a new one. And if you want to kick it up a notch, what I would do is say, and I'm going to refund you. Because I want to make sure that you're 100% happy. I'm you know, upset that you, you received a damaged good and you had to wait now. So I want to re- refund your, your purchase and give you one for free. Uh, just wanted to say we really, you know, we really appreciate your business. Like that goes so far. And some people would say, well, why would I do that? Like why would I give away my money? When, well, I'll tell you why. It's called goodwill. And when you do that, people are going to naturally want to give back. And how can they give back? Hmm, let's think about this. They could leave feedback on your account. They could leave a review on that product. Like those are some pretty big things, okay? And if you don't understand that, you gotta start thinking about that because if we get more feedback, better feedback on our account, our overall account, that helps our account, it strengthens our account, it gives us more authority in Amazon, okay? And then our reviews, obviously, that will help us for a conversion aspect if people are looking through reviews in order to buy our product. So that's what I would do. Now, the other thing I want to add here is sometimes you will have product that is in your possession. If you're shipping everything into Amazon, then it won't be in your possession. But if you're doing what I do right now is we have a a warehouse here where we bring everything in. This way here, we don't have to send all 2,000 units in. We can send 500 at a time. And this way here, we don't don't have uh, long-term storage fees or any even just storage fees at all unless we send it in. So we kind of monitor our inventory that way. It's a little bit more work on our part, but we like it that way because we can order more, keep it in our warehouse, and then we know we have more than a 30-day supply. But if you're not doing that, uh, then you're going to ship it all in and you don't have that inventory. But what will happen is most likely is you will have refunds and they'll handle them for you, but they're going to take that inventory and they're going to bring it back and they're probably not going to reuse that inventory. It's going to sit there and then you will have to let them know within, I believe it's 60 days if you want them to destroy it or if you want to have it shipped back to you. I would recommend you shipping it back to yourself. This is where you can take that inventory, you can keep it, and then in this case, if you wanted to ship someone directly a product or a replacement, you could. The other thing is though, sometimes when things get refunded, they don't get refunded because there's a damaged product, it's just because they didn't want it or they got it as a gift or whatever, and now you have inventory that you could technically ship back in as long as the uh, the FNSQ or the UPC code is all still intact. If not, you'll have to repackage it or have to put on a new label. But that's the other thing that you can do. So just something to think about, about your goods sitting in Amazon, getting ready to be destroyed. And if you don't destroy them, they will take them, okay? And, uh, you know, they will do whatever they do with them. You know, they'll either destroy them or they could also sell them off. So just be careful on that, all right? Um, But I would just... Whenever you can, just go in there, see what uh, inventory is there that you have to make that decision on, and then from there, have it shipped to you. That's it, all right? So hopefully this answered your question, Rich, and uh, I think you got it. And thanks for that little uh, crackle in the beginning to bring back the memories of vinyl. Love it. All right, let's go ahead and listen to the next question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. My name is Wes. Um, I just now started up uh, my own LLC and was going to do a private label. Um, 
I ended up doing some networking and bumping into somebody uh, who was a vice president of a company and wanted someone to run an Amazon side of the business for him. So what I'm going to, what we end up working out was I'm wholesaling the product from them and then uh, selling it on Amazon. I keep the profits, um, which ends up being nice because I'm not doing Amazon FBA. I'm doing uh, fulfilled by merchant because they have their own warehouse. So I'm going to be able to um, use their warehouse. They have a customer service center. I can use their customer service center. Um, so it's absolutely insane opportunity um, that I ended up running into. Okay, I'm going to stop right there uh, with this question or the questions because there's a bunch of questions that Wes asks. And first off, let me just say, Wes, thank you so much for the question. And uh, yeah, it does seem like you have a pretty good opportunity here. And there's some other things that Wes says in the question. It's really kind of like a three or a four part question. So what I decided to do is kind of just cut in here real quick so we don't lose my thought here on the first thing that I'm hearing. Number one um, I'm, I'm wondering why FBM and why not FBA? If you're wholesaling the product, there's no reason that you can't take a portion that you buy, right? Because you're buying them. That's what wholesale is. And then just putting them up on FBA. I believe that you're going to have more benefit to using FBA because people that have Prime are going to be able to benefit with shipping and all of that stuff. If you don't, it won't. The other thing is, is uh, you know, when you have FBM or FBA, I believe that you will rank better. It's just my my personal opinion. Unless you are the only one selling this product or this this style, and uh, and then you can find a way to get a bunch of sales through FBM. I know myself personally, and I'm going through it right now. When I'm buying stuff, okay, on Amazon, there was something that I was just looking at the other day, and I was looking at Prime and shipping, and can I receive it before this certain date? If you're FBM, you're going to lose that sale. I will guarantee that. Now, if you have something that is completely unique and I can only get it from you, uh, then that's a different story. I'm going to wait. I'm going to have to wait, right? I'll probably even jump over on eBay. I'll probably jump over on Walmart. I'll jump over on other platforms to see if I can get it quicker. That's what. That's where we're moving, right? Amazon is, is making it like uh, almost ingrained in our heads that we need to get it within two days, period. Like I'm even getting stuff the same day. I ordered a uh, salad chopper the other day and uh, I ordered it at like nine o'clock in the morning and I got it at five o'clock at night just because the warehouse was here in Charlotte and they just picked it up and went. I could have even found like 10 or 15 other uh, locations to go pick it up with, uh, you know, Amazon locker. You know, that's something else that's happening. So we're being trained as a shopper to get it quick. We want it quick. So FBM, you're going to have to make sure that those people can get it really, really quick. Maybe you have the, the logistics to make that happen. I don't know. I would much rather you say, let me buy 100 units from you. Let me ship them in on my, you know, on my seller's account. And then they're done, right? They wipe their hands. They made their money. You're wholesaling it. So now if you sell it, you make your money. That's kind of how the wholesale thing works. So I would definitely consider that versus FBM. Now, if you have something that's humongous, that's heavy, and it's going to not make sense, then that doesn't make sense. 
but I'm assuming that you could do FBA because you said you thought it was going to be a benefit of having them warehouse it, them do the shipping and then them handle like support and stuff like that. I would much rather Amazon handle as much of it as possible because then it's on them if the customer doesn't get it. So that's my, that's my first thought on the FBM thing on this, this business venture. I've got some more thoughts too, as we go through this, but let me go ahead and uh, turn it back over to your question that you submitted or the recording, and then I'll dive back in. So my question is, uh, as I'm trying to like, I'm going to launch this product before the end of the year. Um, you know, and I'm trying to think long-term on this. I want to be able to launch my own product at some point. Um, but it just happened so that, you know, this is a good opportunity. I can make some money and hopefully kind of build up my, uh, a, a firm base for me to be able to launch bigger on my own personal product. Does me having an Amazon account already and having sales from this other particular product, um, sell help my sales on my new personal product? Like does my seller store if I launch something else in that store, will that other product that I launch automatically be ranked higher because of the experience of the store? Um, I don't know if I've heard a clear answer on that. I've heard some people talk about maybe, and I didn't know if you had had anybody who had tested that theory and had any success, you know, launching. Of course, you've launched all your own products over and over again. Um, and maybe you've experienced that, yeah, it is easier the second time because your account's bigger or whatever. Um, yeah, so any info you can give me on that would be awesome. Okay, so I'm going to cut in here. And Wes, uh, yes, I do have some thoughts here, and I have some suggestions, all right? So what we're basically talking about is you creating one seller seller's account, okay? Like one account. Okay, and then you're going to sell this product or their products uh, in this brand underneath that seller's account, and that's great. Now, if you sell something of your own brand on that account, we've now kind of cross-promoted uh, or we've you know joined uh, those two products under one brand. Now, the first question would be, do those two products that you're going to be selling or three or four or five or whatever it is, do they work together? Now you could treat this as an open brand and you can say, well, I'm going to launch that product, build up the account so it can get seasoned. We call that kind of getting seasoned where you get some feedback and you start to get some, you know, history with Amazon. Okay. And I do believe that there is benefits to that, a lot of benefits. And one of the benefits is, I'm, I'm just experiencing this now, I've got an account that's over two years old on one brand that I'm kind of just letting it sit there in a sense. It, it makes money. It makes probably around five to 8,000 every single month without doing much. Um, and that's not profit, guys. You know, I'm not saying it's profit. It's We're still at about 25% on that without doing a thing, by the way. Um, really, just a reorder. Uh, but... You know, I've thought about, you know, just launching miscellaneous products on there, even doing retail arbitrage on that account because it's more seasoned, right? Uh, and the other thing is, is you will get ungated for certain brands or certain categories if you have an account that's older than, let's say, eight months, okay, or even a year. 
The other thing that you'll get is you'll probably get, and I, there's no proof on this. My good friend, Dom Sugar, does have a lot of experience with this, and he swears that you definitely get a lift in ranking when you launch a product. If you launch a product on a brand new account, and I launch the same exact one, same day, everything's optimized completely the same, that one that has the seasoned account will rank better. I can't say that for sure. That's what he swears by. So I'm just kind of giving you some feedback as far as, and, and some, some of what I've learned um, and that I've heard. All right. But there's no proof of that. I'd have to actually do a side-by-side -side comparison, but I would think so. It's kind of like a website that is brand new or a website that is five years old and they have the exact same content. Which one is going to rank better? The one that has, you know, more history. Okay. It's kind of the same thing. So going back to, should you use the one account to do all your stuff? Well, here's the other question you got to ask yourself. Is there any possibility in the future that you will ever sell that account? Now, right now you might be thinking, nah, probably not, but you have to consider that because you're really not going to be able to split that if it's under one seller's account. You would then have to do something like, I will not you know, uh, sell that product on that listing. They could basically hijack it in a sense under their new seller's account, but they're going to lose the seasoned account or vice versa. Your account would then lose its season because you're going to have to put all your products under a new seller's account, which is not easy. So I would say start from day one, the business that you are doing the wholesale through, I would probably do that one all on its own. And then I would start another one for your own brand and, and keep building that one. And then this way here, they're two separate pieces of property. You got to think of it like real estate. They're two different pieces of property. All right. And you're not going to pollute, uh, I guess would be the word, or maybe that's not the best word. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to have one bring the other one down because that could then hurt you in the future. The other thing is, is if it's not going to be an open brand style, then you don't want you to be selling like one thing on the brand and then over here, it doesn't make sense to sell the other thing. And then the other thing is, is you get cross promotion. So if someone comes into your brand and they see that you sell five things and they're all related, there's a good chance that you're going to be able to sell that, but not the sixth thing. That's this wholesale thing that is a good deal for you because you're doing it with that business. So that's what I would do personally. I would focus on building two separate entities. Like you said, you already created your LLC. You already got this. Just go ahead with that. Like, even if you don't do anything with it, like I would just set that thing up and let it sit there. Maybe even do some retail arbitrage on that account and start getting it seasoned. Like that's what I would do. Get some history with it or just even launch a couple of test products on it. Um, and then the other one with the wholesale, that's easy, right? You're setting it up. It's specifically for that business and for that brand. Because if you ever sell that, Okay. You can say, listen, this one here is totally dedicated to my wholesale stuff that I'm doing over here with this business. And if you want to go and, and add more products, you can that are related and you can build out this brand. You don't want to have to try to, you know, take those two and separate them. Um, if you ever go for a sale and I know right now you might not be thinking of a sale, but you should be because you never know right now in our new brand, I'm not thinking about selling, but I know that if we get it to a certain level and I get the right offer, yeah, I'm going to sell it. Like, you know, it's just, you don't know. And I don't want to have to go through all of this red tape and, and figuring out how to separate and how to let that one sell this and then have to get an attorney to write up stuff that, you know, I can't sell this stuff ever. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't want to get into that. So that's what I would recommend there. 
All right, so uh, that's to answer, that's to address that section of your recording and your question. Um, now what I'm going to do is play the rest of it, and then I will follow up with my thoughts, and then we will wrap up this episode. All right, guys, let's do it. Uh, the other thing, you know, if you have anybody or if you personally have worked with a business that's already established and then wholesaling a product onto Amazon, you know, if you have any thoughts or feelings or things that I should potentially look out for, I'd be super appreciative to hear your thoughts and feelings based on what I'm doing. Um, you know, like I said, this company has actually had a, has a big licensing deal. Um, and they just haven't really been able to get the traction that they want because they don't have any, like they're, they're, it's not a huge focus of theirs. It is, but it isn't because this one guy's kind of juggling, uh, this one vice president of like three different companies. It's weird. I don't know how it's, how it's set up. It's kind of strange, but, uh, you know, he, he lacks the time in order to really drive it home. So that's where I'm coming in and I'm really going to drive this product home with this uh, licensing deal that they have in order to help him leverage. And he's also got like marketing materials that I can use and stuff like that. But, you know, I've never done it before. If you have any, you know, things I should be concerned about, maybe watching out for, I would be super appreciative just to hear your thoughts and feelings about the entire thing. Uh, but thanks, Scott. Really appreciate all you do. I've been listening to the podcast for like a year, finally taking action. I'm super excited to get launched on this first one. And uh, excited to hear your thoughts and feelings. Keep it up, man. Thanks. Okay, so I'm going to give you my final thoughts, Wes, and everyone else listening. And uh, this is a great, this is a great question or series of questions. And this is what I love. I love sitting down at that table or at that meetup and going through this stuff. So if you ever get the opportunity to hang out with us at a meetup or a live event, this is kind of what we do, and I love it. Uh, so let me let me kind of address my concerns initially. Wholesaling is, is kind of risky in a sense for a long-term play, and here's why. Let's say, for example, the company that is supplying you with that unique product that is licensed, let's say, for example, they sell, or let's say, for example, they go out of business, or things happen internally. Your lifeline, if you will, of product is gone, okay? That's what scares me about wholesale, or... Who's to say they don't have someone else that comes in and makes something that's similar and then uh, they've got competition now that they didn't have before. I mean, weird things happen, right? So you don't have the control that you would if it was your own product. You're just, you're kind of like an affiliate for them and that's kind of what we talk about here in the internet marketing space is like being an affiliate and that's basically being a partner in a sense. And same thing with like whenever you partner, you have to understand you have to have it very clear of what the roles are and, and, and kind of like in this case, you know, that you are the only one that will be able to sell that product on Amazon. And if that is not in writing by an attorney, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't trust it on just a handshake because if you do all the work and you build this thing up to be successful in a sense, and then they do something that changes your stream of products, then you are going to be in trouble. So that's why I, I would not bank on that. What I, Personally, what I would try to do, I would do exactly what you're doing, but I would create that, like I said, I would create a separate business, a separate entity for that thing, okay? That way there, it's again, it's not going to affect my other business that I want to build, okay? But what I would do is I would try to get that thing profitable, I would try to get that thing cranking, and then I would try to offload it. That's what I would do. 
I would try to get it built up to where I could have a nice cash payout and then I would sell that business. That's what I would do. I would do that over the first, probably the 18, 18 or 24 months. I think 24 months is like max and it's also really, I say 18 months, but I was talking to Joe Valley about this who actually you know, buys and sells for people. Uh, 24 months is like the best. If you can get 24 months of a track record, that's going to get you the best payout possible. Um, but 18 months will still work and even shorter than that, but they like longer and you'll get a better, uh, you know, a better payout on that. That's what I would personally do. And then from there you can reevaluate it. I would give myself a 12 month kind of like, I'm going to put the energy into this thing. I'm going to try to get this thing going. I'm going to try to get some momentum by, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking once I get it to a certain level at the 18 month or the 24 month, I'm going to shop it. I'm going to go ahead and put it on the market and see what I can get for it. And then from there you may just cash out. And again, you're building your other business because you're just doing this because it's a way for you to kind of get in without you having to go out there, find the supplier, you know, uh, you know, find the whole, the whole shipping chain and all that stuff. And you don't have to figure all that stuff out. And I get it, but you're, there's also risk in that as well. And there's risk in anything, but that there is you don't control as much as I would like to control. So hopefully that makes sense. I think it's a great opportunity. And again, I want just people to understand, like you bumped into this guy and then this conversation happened and here you are about to launch a business using products that they license and you're going to get them wholesale. So that's how, that's how things happen. Like it just, that's the way it works, but you have to get yourself out there. You got to have conversations. You got to tell people what you're doing. And then the people like, like you said, Wes, like this guy's busy. He has no time for this, but people would say, well, why don't they just do it themselves? Cause they're busy. They don't understand the platform. Right? So just. You know, you got to keep your eyes and ears open. So anyway, little side note there. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely take advantage of that for sure. But I would also be thinking to myself, can I build this thing up and can I cash out in the next 18 to 24 months? And I would also be uh, starting my own brand, like you said, you want to and get that going so that account starts to get seasoned. And whether that's just a little bit of retail arbitrage or maybe even a little bit of wholesale on that one. And then you can start to kind of throw your own products in there and build that on the side. Because um, I think it is important to get that that account seasoned. And especially now with, uh, you know, Amazon is always changing. So we want to get in when we can. And I think right now is the time. So uh, definitely do that. So hopefully that answered all of your questions. And I wanted to break that up because it was kind of long, but it was interesting. And I wanted to address it. And I didn't want to get lost uh, as far as where we were um, having this conversation about different aspects of it. But yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. Keep me posted, Wes. I would definitely love to check in with you, see how that see how that works out. And uh, you know, if you have any other questions, definitely uh, hit me up and I'll do my best to answer them for you and help you out. All right. So um, guys, that is going to wrap up this episode. I'm going to remind you one more time. If you have not listened to episode 458 for setting your goals for 2018 and really how to create your own personal roadmap step-by-step, step, go do that. That's your homework. Please go do that. And, and I want to know that you're sitting down and you're doing this exercise exactly how we lay it out on that podcast because I think it's really, really powerful. It's eye-opening and it'll also give you, it'll give you a sense of power because you're in control. You're 100% in control of this journey and your destiny in my opinion. So go do it. Episode 458, all right? TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 458. I'll link everything up on the show notes, including David's post that he posted in Facebook, which I think is an awesome read and you'll definitely learn from it. And also give him a little love there in the comments. And uh, I'll link everything up on the show notes for you guys, TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 460. All right, guys. So that's it. 
That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. You guys know what I'm going to say. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.